So hello again everybody, this is uh, Jason Powers. Hopefully the microphone will pick up my um, thing. I'm going to try to turn this so I can be heard. I'm using my computer instead of the regular microphone because I'm going to be doing this for a while and I'm trying to relax. So today is 9-11. Um, for most people this is a a reminder of where we were 20 years ago and the things that have transpired since then. Um, I think it's important to realize that uh, the world is different. There's many people who uh, may ignore those things or think it's not as bad as it seems. Or they say we're winning and we're determined that just need to buck up and see what all the wonderful things we have. Meanwhile, we have people tearing down statues, cutting and running from uh, Afghanistan, leaving behind $85 billion worth of military equipment. Uh, people are being rounded up in Afghanistan. We have a president who thinks that he's a dictator. He can tell people that take it back and he's using corporate fascism to install that and of course there's people saying well we can work around that he only said for people with uh, companies with over 100 employees you can restructure how long do you think you can dodge the bullet of, uh, of this situation that's coming you know, how, many, how many times are you going to bend over backwards for this regime and let them force force this shit down your throat. The answer is you're not. You're not going to do it for very much longer. So we're going to discuss that more today. Next up is uh, James Corbett. I'll let him speak for himself. Um, he uh, did a, This was from 10 years ago. And we'll let it go from there. On the morning of September 11, 2001, 19 men armed with box cutters directed by a man on dialysis in a cave fortress halfway around the world using a satellite phone and a laptop directed the most sophisticated penetration of the most heavily defended airspace in the world. Overpowering the passengers and the military combat trained pilots on four commercial aircraft before flying those planes wildly off course for over an hour without being molested by a single fighter interceptor. These 19 hijackers, devout religious fundamentalists who like to drink alcohol, snort cocaine, and live with pink-haired strippers, managed to knock down three buildings with two planes in New York. While in Washington, a pilot who couldn't handle a single-engine Cessna was able to fly a 757 in an 8,000-foot descending 270-degree corkscrew turn to come exactly level with the ground, hitting the Pentagon in the budget analyst office where DOD staffers were working on the mystery of the $2.3 trillion that Defense Secretary Donald Rumsfeld had announced missing from the Pentagon's coffers in a press conference the day before, on September 10th, 2001. Luckily, the news anchors knew who did it within minutes. Osama bin Laden. The pundits knew within hours. Osama bin Laden. The administration knew within the day terrorists who committed these acts and those who harbored them. And the evidence literally fell into the FBI's lap. That a hijacker's passport was found blocks from the World Trade Center crash site, if you can believe that. But for some reason, a bunch of crazy conspiracy theorists demanded an investigation into the greatest attack on American soil in history. 
That investigation was delayed, underfunded, set up to fail, a conflict of interest, and a cover-up from start to finish. It was based on testimony extracted through torture, the records of which were destroyed. It failed to mention the existence of WTC-7, Able Danger, P-TECH, Sibel Edmonds, OBL and the CIA, and the drills of hijacked aircraft being flown into buildings that were being simulated at the precise same time that those events were actually happening. It was lied to by the Pentagon, the CIA, the Bush administration, and as for Bush and Cheney, well, no one knows what they told it because they testified in secret, off the record, not under oath, and behind closed doors. It didn't bother to look at who funded the attacks because that question is ultimately of little practical significance. Still, the 9-11 Commission did brilliantly answering all of the questions the public had, except most of the victim's family members' questions, and pinned blame on all the people responsible, although no one so much as lost their job, determining the attacks were failure of imagination because... Nobody in our government, at least, and I don't think the prior government that could envision flying airplanes in the buildings. Except the Pentagon, FEMA, NORAD, and the NRO. The DIA destroyed 2.5 terabytes of data on able danger, but that's okay because it probably wasn't important. The SEC destroyed their records on the investigation into the insider trading before the attacks, but that's okay because destroying the records of the largest investigation in SEC history is just part of routine record keeping. NIST has classified the data that they used for their model of WTC-7's collapse, but that's okay because knowing how they made their model of the collapse would jeopardize public safety. The FBI has argued that all material related to their investigation of 9-11 should be kept secret from the public, but that's okay because the FBI probably has nothing to hide. This man never existed, nor is anything he had to say worthy of your attention, and if you say otherwise, you are a paranoid conspiracy theorist and deserve to be shunned by all of humanity. Likewise him, 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 and her. And her, and her, and him. Osama bin Laden lived in a cave fortress in the hills of Afghanistan, but somehow got away. Then he was hiding out in Tora Bora, but somehow got away. Then he lived in Abbottabad for years, taunting the most comprehensive intelligence dragnet employing the most sophisticated technology in the history of the world for a decade, releasing video after video with complete impunity and getting younger and younger as he did so, before finally being found in a daring SEAL team raid which wasn't recorded on video, in which he didn't resist or use his wife as a human shield, and in which these crack special forces operatives panicked and killed this unarmed man, supposedly the best source of intelligence about those dastardly terrorists on the entire planet. Then they dumped his body in the ocean before telling anyone about it. Then a couple dozen of that team's members died in a helicopter crash in Afghanistan. This is the story of 9-11, brought to you by the media which told you the hard truths about His head could be seen to move violently forward. And They took the babies out of incubators. And Mobile production facilities. And The rescue of Jessica Lynch. If you have any questions about this story, you are a batshit, paranoid, tinfoil, dog-abusing baby hater and will be reviled by everyone. If you love your country and or freedom, happiness, rainbows, rock and roll, puppy dogs, apple pie, and your grandma, you will never ever express doubts about any part of this story to anyone. Ever. This has been a public service announcement by the friends of the FBI, CIA, NSA, DIA, SEC, MSM, White House, NIST, and the 9-11 Commission. Because ignorance is strength. Correct. Ignorance is strength. Um, we're going to play some background music here for a while, so don't mind, hopefully the, I just feel like having a little music going the whole time, hopefully it's low enough, but it's not too loud, but I'll talk over the top of this, I'm doing that because I don't want to, so today they had their little celebration, and you might as well hear from the chief, chief a-hole of them all. Uh, one George uh, W. Bush 
making a making he made a long speech about nine minutes long, but we're gonna just play the the part that mattered, I guess. If I can get to it, just a second here. Here we go. Security measures incorporated into our lives are both sources of comfort and reminders of our vulnerability. And we have seen growing evidence that the dangers to our country can come not only across borders, but from violence that gathers within. There is little cultural overlap between violent extremists abroad and violent extremists at home. But in their disdain for pluralism, in their disregard for human life, in their determination to defile national symbols, they are children of the same foul spirit, and it is our continuing duty to confront them. So if you didn't get the message there, the message is that there's domestic extremists, and that would be you. This is the classic us versus them, uh, divide and conquer kind of rhetoric that's been set up here in this country for the last, uh, well, since 1-6. Uh, speaking of 1-6, I, I grabbed this in the same tweet thread. So Apple News Today, uh, Jack Posobiec retweeted it. It says, Apple News Today, in conversation, how the 9-11 attacks ushered in an era of, era, era of fear and mistrust in the United States and set the stage for the January 6th insurrection. Yeah, those, those two events are really connected. Of course, that's what the media has been trying to do. And for the sheep out there that, that want to go into this divide and conquer, uh, this is exactly what, what's being, uh, being put together uh, on uh, their behalf. And this is a part of the globalist uh, control mechanism. Whether you, you know, and we can, you can include plenty of people inside that control mechanism. Uh, just because that's just the way it is. This is what they've been running on everybody for the last, you know, since time immemorial. Um, I'm going to get off Twitter here. That was just written, that was uh, on a Twitter thread that I'll leave in the link in the description. Yeah, uh, when we talk about conspiracy theorists, I mean, I, I'm not going to pretend to know 9-11 inside and out because I don't. I know where I was on 9-11. I got a little story behind the, my own life there that, uh, you know, I was, uh, I was actually uh, in Marion County Jail on 9-11 uh, in Indianapolis, Indiana. So when you're inside a, a, a locked cell... And you're watching or seeing it on closed circuit TV. I was uh, there's a there was a TV behind a, a little glass enclosure, is in a box, probably a 13 inch or something along that line. So it's black and white or very grainy, and they usually had the news going on in there. It was a cell block 2B at uh, Marion County Jail. So yeah, very specific. I know exactly where I was because I had been there for about four plus months at that point. And I remember um, we had usually about 8, I think it was about 8, 8.30, I think we had breakfast, which when, I, when you talk about breakfast in jail, it's usually just a, a bologna sandwich or a little a little bit of bologna sandwich, a juice, bo a juice box thing, and a cookie. Something just enough to give you some carbohydrates. They have to. I think they. I think they have some kind of requirement to give you about eighteen hundred to two thousand calories per 
per sitting. Of course, you're you're locked up, so you're not. Some people work out a lot in jail. Anyway, so when it was happening, uh, one of the things is you, you 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 can't. It's not like you can call anybody. There's two phones, and it's very busy uh, getting a hold of people. I don't know, even know if I reached my mom that day. Uh, when I say busy, it just you know. At that point, I probably had, uh, you know, I don't know. I, I ran up a huge phone bill with my mom and and whatnot. Cause they charge you per minute. It's like, an ungodly amount. But whatever the case may be, there's no control. That's the thing. That's the important part of this. And of course, people are dying, and you see that on TV. You see the buildings. You know there, are, there's people inside of those buildings, and they're. Uh, fighting for their lives and there's all kinds of chaos and you're thinking is this going to be uh, a bigger bigger problem and so yeah that's where you're at at that particular moment in time and lots of other people were in different places and they have their it's just like JFK which uh, in the in the little bit that I just played that was uh, that was discussed at, though not at length uh, from James Corbett, and that was from 10 years ago. And he just did another video this week on a retrospective, but I'm not going to play that. But uh, I appreciate his, he, he did a long um, analysis of uh, 9-11. He includes a lot of uh, people that we still know about and hear about today in that analysis, but I'm not going to go into it. Like I said, I'm not an expert on 9-11. I don't pretend to be. I never will be pretend to be, but it is fishy, at least from the from looking at it, and the things in the imagery, and the controlled, I would say controlled uh, fall of the buildings. When I say controlled, it it, it wasn't, uh, it didn't fall sideways, it didn't fall, it didn't, the the damage it was uh, done. Um, the airplanes did not take down the buildings, at least not from my estimation either. And so you start to wonder, and of course, um, the people that were involved in obviously will never ever come to come to any justice. You know, there was plenty of things going on. There was plenty of reason to do certain things. Um, ever since that time frame, the United States has become less safe. That's true, because the government has overreached into our lives through the Patriot Act, uh, through stripping us of our rights. Um, they've made us the enemy. They've gathered intel on us. The internet is a control mechanism used by the powers that be, the globalists. And this is where I'll go off track here a little bit and say the sidetracking is... is my hypothesis is is every time in human history that the population becomes a bit too aware of their misdeeds. Uh, these people that are at the very the top of the food chain, the elitists that we know and know operate and do things to the destruction of our country and the destruction of our rights and freedoms, uh, they create a, a massive crisis in order to uh, reestablish control over the populace. To such a large degree 
that the populace will cede rights to them for protection because people are very scared about their lives and they're very scared that they'll they'll lose their life and they want somebody to protect them they want somebody to protect them from all the ills of the world that's why the virus became such an important aspect of this this uh, current uh, scenario and once they locked us down and got us separated and all the governments of the world have been following the Chinese model which I think the Chinese were well paid off to do that. And this was because the United States was resurging in terms of economic power. And they didn't want the, uh, many of these corporations are well aligned to China. And they didn't want to re- relocate their factories back in the United States. And they didn't want to work with the work with deregulation. They didn't have a, the excuses that they have. See, having long, complex supply chains, that's a thing of globalization that's been pumped into the soft heads of lots of MBA students. You know, they said, oh, just in time, these long supply chains, and we need to exploit the labor structures, and we need to get resources from halfway around the world so that we can become state-of-the-art companies and stuff like that. The only thing, thing, and this has always been the case, is these these things are fragile. They can be disrupted at any any point along the chain. I mean, if you're mining something in another country and it's getting processed and it has to get shipped to the dock and then from the dock it has to go on the ship and then from the ship it has to go to the next location and it has to be offloaded and then it has to... I mean, all these long supply chains are very fragile... Uh, from the raw resources or even from the subsidy or intermediary goods that have to be brought to your factory. We're, we're talking about having a schedule. I mean, months in advance, you have to have schedules that work out precisely. And that's what we're going to see right here in the future is that we're, we're already experiencing massive disruption in the supply chains. There's huge capital outflows and inflow. I mean, our central banks have pumped tons and trillions of dollars into the markets. This has caused the markets to to double in a mere 18 months. Well, why do you think that is? It's not to your benefit. It's not to the average person's benefit. Sure, right now we have people that are still like, Oh, wow, my 401k is really looking good. Do you think it's going to stay that way? They're not paying you off. They're taking it. They're going to take your money from you. The people that are going to know when this thing is going to happen are at the very top of the food chain. They're not going to lose money. They're, they're literally extracting wealth from you while they can. They're going to get their trillions, and then they're going to make you poor. And they're going to buy, When they get their trillions, what do they do immediately when they get their trillions? I mean, this is scattered over plenty of people's hands, say, several thousand globalists. Uh, billionaires and multimillionaires, they're going to invest it in your land, uh, your water, your resources, all the things to control you. They're going to buy up. They they they'll buy it up at a premium. That's what BlackRock has been doing. Everybody's been like, "Oh, real estate's getting so expensive." They're paying premium prices for this, and they don't see the game or the con. If I pay if I pay thirty percent over the current asking price and you're like wow I got extra money, yeah. Let's say you got something for say uh, for example, 
they paid you seven hundred thousand for a property that used to be evaluated at about five hundred thousand. So they paid you a twenty eight percent premium. Well, when this crashes, uh, <laughs> uh, let's just say the the value of the dollar goes from being worth what it is to half that half its value. Well, then they didn't pay you a premium. They paid you. <laughs> they they screwed you um, because. <laughs> they didn't. That money isn't worth as much as you think it is. So to put that in common terms, so like I said, the example: say you had a property that's worth five hundred thousand, and you sold it to them for seven hundred thousand. Well, now the value of the dollar is dropped by fifty percent. So the seven hundred thousand is only really worth three hundred fifty thousand. So what did they just do? They took away one hundred fifty thousand dollars worth of your wealth in the process. That's a very rudimentary example, but that's exactly what they're doing. They're doing that to a lot of people. Because inflation, see, I mean, I don't know if we're going to have that kind of catastrophic inflation, but it very well could be the case. Uh, it'll certainly be enough of a case to where they're going to benefit more than you are. They always win. The house, the, let's call it this way, the globalist royal, royal agenda always wins, or it has always won. Because the one thing while they're doing this to you, they're stripping people of their rights. They're pitting us against each other. There was a tweet today, matter of fact, that um, New York Post put out was about uh, some Texas man supposedly um, murdered a, a lady and his husband, a lady and her husband, due to her due to their voting um, voting for Biden. Now that's a that's a sensationalized headline. And from that sensationalized headline, there's going to be a bunch of dumbasses out there that are going to go, ooh, you know, I'm going to be attacked because I'm, I'm, I voted for Biden. No, they're doing that to, to set you up to make you think that there's this, there's these all the, all, they're trying to demonize anybody who voted against Biden. That's what the, the George Bush did. Now, I'm, I'm going to try to avoid the man, the, the elephant in the room because I think that's, that's also a false narrative, but but for the example, for for argument's sake, just quickly, uh, yeah, they're they're trying to make it uh, us versus them, who voted for him, uh, Biden, and who voted for Trump. If Biden was so popular, why has his popularity dropped so much in the past seven or eight months or eight months? It's because he's not a he's he was never legitimately elected to begin with. Irrespective of that. Say what you will. Um, I don't. I don't particularly care for the way Trump has handled himself on, on for example, the vaccines. He should have came out and, and he should have came out after the results of these McDonald's vaccines, which this is exactly what they are. They were they're they're fast food vaccines that don't work and are going to cause catastrophic injury to a lot of people in this world. That's my opinion. I'm not a doctor. I'm not going to pretend to be one. But based upon what we read, based upon the, the, the science that's going on, based upon the number of cases that are escalating due to people who are vaccinated, not unvaccinated, the CDC is lying about that. The CDC picks and chooses what data they want to um, massage out to you. They're, they're also trying to censor ivermectin. They're censoring hydroxychloroquine plus zinc. Anybody who's, uh, they, they've got this whole entire media apparatus, and social media in particular, which is, by the way, used to control you, 
they're doing this because they, they know they can get away with it. And they have gotten away with it so far. And they know that many of their very ignorant people don't see through the game, see through the problem. Sorry. Um, they don't see through the, the facade. The people on me, on TV can't be trusted. They're there to, to confuse, distort, and manipulate you. They do that no matter who the politician is that they have in front of you. There's very few people that are worth, worthy of following and trusting anymore. Because the people that would have the most to help, uh, most reasons to help you, uh, they can't allow them to be. They can't allow them to show you the trick, show the magic trick, to show you this is what this is what's been going on for thousands of years. So, for example, when I was going back, I'll go back to my theory. So the globalists have been around forever. Kings and royalty, they whatever the known world was to them. They have to control the people. They control the people through fear. They control them through uh, buying them off. They control them through the us and them. That's why you always see wars being used. And when they have wars, they have to have them financed. And wars are costly. They have to pay off and bribe people to get them to work to do things because obviously there's a great amount of risk if you're involved in some kind of confrontation. You're going to lose your life. You're going to lose your family. People, people think wars are not, uh, they'll say, well, family's off limits. No, they're not. Civilian casualties are totally acceptable because someone is trying to hurt you. And if they're trying to hurt you, the best way to hurt them is by uh, eliminating their offspring. Because then they can't carry the message forth. They can't, you can't prosecute a war if you have no, have no reinforcements. Because back in the olden days, say for example, the Hundred Years' Warrior, that war that happened, just the, just the title alone tells you they, there was a war that lasted supposedly a hundred years. I wasn't around, but I haven't read about it, but it was labeled the Hundred Years' War. I don't know, if it, I think it was like, I think it ran like 87, or, it wasn't quite a hundred years. But, ostensibly, the, the confrontation between, was it England and France, went on for a, a, a century <laughs> so <laughs> skirmishes, fights, battles they were going nowhere and the kings were on both sides of that or the, the royalty on both sides of that were just entertained by it probably they were probably just tickled pink to watch their they'd send people off and they would promise them a lot of gold and they'd go out and, and uh, execute their war execute the, the submission of the populace of the other side whenever they could or argue you know and of course they have to make it they base it on uh, those ungodly heathens don't believe the things that we believe so that's why they fight they fight they fight over resources they fight over belief systems that's why they always say don't talk about politics and uh, religion because people are very very get very very upset about that because when you talk about those things people take those very personally People take their religion or their belief systems very, very, um, they hold them very close to their heart because, because that's where your, your ego, your ego is invested in what you believe in, in many cases. And even if you can divorce yourself from that, even a little bit, which we all do, um, when I say we invest our belief systems, um, 
our ego is invested in that, um, it's very difficult to divorce ourselves from that, uh, to, to, to get outside ourselves and examine our belief systems in a, in a more, um, uh, what is a non-biased manner. Obviously, we believe we're always right. And especially when you're dealing with, let's just say, rudimentary people, simple people who don't have the education. And back in the day, they could get away with it. See, the only the kings had, you know, access to books and access to tutors. And the intelligentsia of the day were very, very sparse. And the kings, you know, they, there was a very few small percentage of the population that could even read uh, but as time progressed, you know, we've obviously adapted and developed to where the vast majority of the populace can read and, and access the internet. And that's a thing too. So information becomes, becomes very valuable. And misinformation and disinformation becomes even more valuable because that's how you control the population. Because many people believe everything they hear or believe, even when they say they don't believe everything they hear, they kind of do. They're not going to admit to you that they've been uh, bamboozled. They're not going to admit to you that they don't know everything about everything because nobody can possibly comprehend or put this all this information together. I think it would be too overwhelming, even if you could like literally download it into your head, which of course is part of their plan too. Now, uh, that's just this transhumanism push. There's certain uh, intelligent people at the top of the food chain. Supposedly, these global sociopaths, psychopaths, that would gladly, would gladly like to download this information into their head and have access to it and have uh, instant access to everything. They turn their head into a supercomputer and then have all the resources. But they're trying to upgrade them. You know, they're still fiddling around with that. If they were where they needed to be, they would have already been there. But what better way to do that now than to turn turn seven billion people into guinea pigs? So the vaccines and the potentiality to uh, distort and contort DNA structures, we become a nice, useful tool to experiment on. I think that's where exactly where we're at. They're experimenting on all of us. They don't see you as anything more than somebody to be controlled and distorted into submission and if you die then you make a good little host so there's a there's a lot of um, this is the the grand conspiracy and that's what's going on now we're in a we're in a we're in a cycle so when you get back to the olden days, the problem was is that in order to pay off people, you had to have a certain amount of gold and access to gold in order to get people to do things. Well, when kings ran out of gold, which they did, they would devalue the currency. They would inflate it. It happened in the Roman times. It happened in the Middle Ages. It's happened in every empire that's ever existed. The Chinese Empire, etc., etc., etc. Kings only are lauded for winning when you get to face defeat, and defeats were brutal for them, can you imagine back in the day if you were a king of a tribe or something, and you were beaten in battle, and if they captured them, you know, the egos of these people you had to be uh, 
put out for all to see. So they'd have a big spectacle and then they would put the king to death, the defeated king to death or the defeated uh, uh, vanquished, uh, you know, forever. So that the, the, those that fought would be like, yeah, we won, we showed them. That's why there's always been ultimate competition in, in our society. And this bothers people, certain people, who want to rig the game. And this is where we're going to go next. So I was reading it. I just stumbled across this, but I think it makes some good sense. It's uh, from henrymacow.com. And it's about communism. And see, communism is just a, a pl another ploy. Now, granted, it was developed... Uh, the idea and the concept is developed by Marx and whatnot and all that jazz, but um, the Hegelian dialectic and, and, and the German um, European structure of it. But this is no different from any other. This is just, uh, I guess you could say that this is why it's such an appealing. It's a, it's like a, 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 it was a philosophical antithesis to uh, to United States constitutionalism and individual freedom. See, we, we here in this country, and we have been bamboozled for a long time about this, but we here in this country have been uh, being hijacked for the last hundred years or more, or even essentially since the Civil War. The Civil War wasn't even fought over what they think it is. The Civil War is fought over trade. Even I didn't realize this until just recently, or not recently, but like I said, the last ten years. So our... Civil War, um, slavery was a, a very useful tool for the South in some respects, and they wanted their trade, the trade mechanisms had to go on and continue on, and there was there were powers that be that wanted those, those things to continue the way they were, uh, even though there were better techniques and philosophies around the world, or, or there was improvement through industrialization. Well, like anything, people like to protect their investments, and so, um, but to make it about states' rights, which was what it was turned into, that was a way to get people to sign on, because it, the, philosophically speaking, in our, in our Constitution, states' rights are important. So you had this us, again, that's, there's always really two sides, but amongst the two sides, there's also uh, other interests or there's a major interest and minor interest and major reasons and minor reasons for people to do things. And I'm not going to pretend to be a Civil War expert. I'm not. But ostensibly that's the grand strategy and the grand scheme of things. We managed to come back together after that, that uh, Civil War happened. Um, but communism was in, in the works or was being used uh, probably by the 1870s in Europe. Uh, the Bismarckian um, uh, establishment of the welfare state. There was France had its had some mini revolutions. The 1871, I think, it was also the the French German War was fought. Uh, so you have always had these communist forces. They they try to pit the worker, but. The thing is, is the workers are just being used and exploited by the globalists. They're being exploited by the elite. 
And when I say the elite, we're talking about the elite that are above even the, the corporations and the governance. They're they're in the background with their little fingers, and they're they're causing these people to dance. They embed their little spies and philosophies and and go from there. So we're going to read a couple articles. I'm going to try to take it slow. Um, I'm already 30 minutes into the 35 minutes into this broadcast. So. Anyway, here we go. So this one is called Perspective. The U.S. went communist long ago. So I might be writing, reading these out of sequence, but whatever. For most of the 20th century, the United States tolerated a party openly dedicated to a violent overthrow of the government and the enslavement of its people. This party, the CPUSA, the Communist Party of the United States, was funded and directed by a hostile foreign government. It engaged in industrial and military espionage, trained guerrilla units on its American soil, forcefully took over the unions, raided their treasuries, and controlled whole industries. It slandered, harassed, and killed opponents, bribed police, police, and judges, and infiltrated the military. Sound familiar? Its heinous, its heinous agenda is now disguised as fake as a fake pandemic with a survival rate of 99.8%. So this was updated uh, August 22nd. Obviously, it's sanctioned by the powers that be. Communism is a monopoly capitalism with the government standing in for the central bankers, the Roth, Rothschilds and Rockefellers. Just by the way, Klaus Schwab is uh, related to the Rothschilds. He's... Um, He's, um, um, he's actually the offspring of a raw child. So these bankers who happen to be Kabbalist, Satanists, seek to extend their credit uh, monopoly to power, thought, behavior, our entire whole lives. So, um, yeah, it's pretty, uh, pretty uh, substantial. This is by Henry Macau, Ph.D., so this was updated in uh, 2013. So we were taught that communism was an idealistic but discredited working class experiment tried mainly in Russia and China. This misconception duped millions of unsuspecting socialists and liberals, including myself. So, like everything, the people that realize this eventually are the ones who are the ones that usually are the most fervently opposed to this. I would agree with this. So anyway. <clears throat> As recently as 1999-2000, I was singing the praises of Canadian Maoist dupe Dr. Norman Bethune to my English literature class. The Illuminati bankers created communism to harness the working class to their program of a comprehensive world dictatorship known as globalization. The Illuminati is a satanic cult, and he calls it a Jewish Kabbalism, which... Uh, I know there's a video out there that I can reference and I might go back to it, but we'll, we'll leave it there for now. It spawned communism. They celebrate the same anniversary, May 1st, 1776, and share the same satanic symbols. Their program took a giant step forward in 1913 when these Luciferian London-based bankers gained control over America's finances through the passage of the Federal Reserve Act. Facts. That's where we're, that's where our problems exist right now. This gave them means and incentive to step up their covert war against humanity. The two world wars were the immediate result. 
Communism is a Masonic Jewish Kabbalist movement dedicated to human degradation and enslavement, not public ownership and social justice. Of course, no one would support it if they knew the truth. <laughs> exactly. An ex-communist speaks. That's the subtitle. Many high-ranking former communists have risked their lives to alert their fellow Americans. One is Bella Dodd, whose shocking bull school, uh, book, School of Darkness, I reviewed here. She describes how communists morph into liberals and feminists and socialists in a myriad of front groups identifiable by the work of words like human rights, equality, international, and peace to divide and subvert society. Facts. In Return to My Father's House, this is a book from 1972, Maurice Malkin provides more revelations which I will list below. He was a leader of the American Communist Party in the 1920s and 30s and part of the Soviet Secret Service, the GPU. When he left the CPUSA, he testified before Congress and suffered a stabbing attack as a result. Malkin, a Jew, had been involved in the Bolsheviks underground in, in Russia. Yeah, hold on a second. His older brother, Joseph, a devoted Marxist later killed by Stalin, taught him that by overthrowing the Tsar, workers could eliminate all injustices and create a heaven on earth. See, it's always, um, it's always portrayed as this is a glorious fight and we're going to win, blah, blah, blah. But it's, usually, it's all a sham. There's no usually about it. It's always, it's always sold to the masses a certain way so that the masses will sign on to it because the masses want to be inspired by something and some people will say well that's what capitalism is sold as no capitalism is just people doing free market things to trade amongst themselves and if they happen to benefit from it there should be a mutuality to the benefit i mean if i buy something from you or if i trade something with you we won't even put a monetary amount to say if i trade my labor for something that you have that's a good thing that's something we should all seek but I'm getting off track here. All problems were due to the class war. The dogma of the dupe went like this. Quote, quote, um, The capitalist bourgeoisie owned everything, yet the working class did all the work. The mission of the working class was to take through violence what rightfully belonged to them. Only Marxism could relieve the human race of brutality, discrimination, i.e. anti-Semitism and injustice of, uh, of hunger, poverty, and the drudgery that fills the lives of ordinary working people everywhere. Page 27-29 Malkin immigrated to New York and took the Ursas uh, Ur, religion of a worker's heaven on earth with him. Lev Bronstein, Leon Trotsky, a close family friend, taught him bullets, not ballots, would liberate the workers. His brother, Joseph, was one of the 150 to, 7, 150 to 175 mostly Jewish radicals who left for Russia with Trotsky in 1917 aboard the SS uh, Christian Ford. Banker Jacob Schiff financed them. And if that name rings any bells, Jacob Schiff happens to be, I think, uh, either the great-grandfather of uh, Adam Schiff. So, yeah. Just so happens we have little threads in history that connect back to the present day. 
there's no there's no happenstance. There's, there's this is like they say, uh, where there's smoke, there's fire. You know, uh, or there's no coincidences. <laughs> the ship was stopped in Halifax, uh, Halifax. I'm sorry, Halifax, Halifax, and the occupants interned. My my reading is terrible. <clears throat> Despite or because of Trotsky's public declaration that they were going home to Russia to dig the grave of capitalism, Woodrow Wilson intervened on their behalf. Rothschild's agent, Edward House, controlled Wilson. There you go. The Illuminati bankers despised free enterprise because it involved competition and market forces. It allows other people to uh, opportunity to prosper and be free. They favor monopoly or state capitalism and the abolition of private property because they own or control every, everything and everyone. Of course, this is disguised as public ownership, but they control the government and its wealth. Sound familiar? It should, because this is what we're going through right now. <clears throat> so, elite subversion. Thus, for most of the last century, the United States has tolerated a party openly dedicated to the violent overthrow of the United States government, and the enslavement of its people. Yet, all the while, our highest elected officials defend, defended it as a harmless, idealistic enterprise. Some of my best friends are communists, FDR famously said. Malkin testified that Adlai Stevenson, as Assistant Secretary to the Navy Secretary Knox, sabotaged efforts to curtail communist activities. In 1956, Eisenhower liquidated all anti-subversive sections in the Immigration Department and halted deportation and prosecution of known alien communists. He stopped prosecutions of communists under the Smith Act, giving the party a chance to regroup and organize new mass fronts. I did not know that about Eisenhower doing that, but it does. It would surprise me. But then again, it also. He probably thought many uh, thought much the same way that communism had been defeated in his mind, or he didn't want to seem threatening or mean or whatever. That's usually what what normally is the case. But anyway, the liberal media marginalized and ridiculed as right wing fanatics, people who warned of communist threat. To this day, people don't accept that the Rosenbergs were indeed Russian spies. The, the, House, the, the House of Un-American Activities Committee is portrayed as a witch hunt. Communism is nothing but a sugar-coated goon squad for the Illuminati bankers. Malkin reports that the uh, Communist Party of the United States even had a formal alliance with the Mafia, another Masonic sect. Moscow provided the Mafia with heroin to sell to the United States. The Mafia lent money to the Communist Party, provided the muscle for taking over the labor movement, and disposed of enemies or members who woke up. One Communist leader, Juliet Stewart uh, Points, was kidnapped, killed at sea, and thrown overboard. The Mafia also distributed counterfeit U.S. dollars printed in in Moscow. This sounds a lot like a CIA operation, too, which we know the CIA and the Mafia were actually kind of tight back in the late 50s, early 60s. Following Stalin's example, American communists robbed banks calling it expropriation. Sound appropriation. You get the idea there uh, when you hear about uh, you know uh, appropriation. This is expropriation. Linguistic tricks. There's lots of linguistic tricks in, in uh, 
the communist toolbook is about using language to control people's uh, thoughts and behaviors because people are people like to believe in very simplistic ideas that make them make them think that you know everything's being done for their benefit but in reality many of the things that are inculcated or indoctrinated into their mind um, are bullshit and lies and deceit because the people that are controlling these mechanisms see like everything there's an organizational structure to the globalist when you're put this way if you're if you're worth a certain amount of money in the world um, let's just say uh, I'm using money uh, this is the measurable but you have access to enormous amounts of wealth to give other to give to other people you you can think of all kinds of ideas send out your um, your well-trusted friends and set up organizations like the Rockefeller Foundation the Rockefeller set that up the Gates Foundation which is a eugenicist related uh, you know foundation that has bought up the entire health field and has doctors in it that are maniacal. When I say man, they're maniacal, they are they are pushing these vaccines and they they don't have any oversight and they work at the behest of the government to do what whatever it takes to get us get uh, get us inoculated with this evil vaccine and they have no they have no criminal liability. They signed that they and this is where one could throw Trump under the bus and probably should because you know he could have put a he put a he could have put a stop to this real quickly he could have not had a um, emergent national emergency order he could have said nope I'm not going to sign off on uh, on uh, there being a legal immunity I, he could have made it so that the, he could have made it so that this took several years to come up with a vaccine but of course the left and of course, the globalists have ginned up their ginned up their uh, sheep. And I say they're sheep because they are sheep. They're just common people that aren't very intelligent, or certainly not intelligent enough that there's a grander scheme at play work. Um, that get very scared, and of course, they were very scared by the media. And you can blame. There's plenty of people to blame, but Trump could have taken that decisive decision and say, "I'm not going to be like everybody else." And they would have been a very, of course, they would have been an enormous pushback because, see, the the whole concept of him was to set him up as the bad guy, a guy who was quote, I guess you could say the um, the moniker or the label or the branding, the marketing maven of uh, capitalism. You know, building structures and whatnot. Everything has his name on it: Trump Tower, Trump Casino, Trump whatever. So it was easy, very easy for the media, who are just hard leftists. They're just, they're just evil, to be frank. They're well bought and paid for. They'll read any line and they'll spout any propaganda to get what they want. And most of them are just useful tools. That's that's what the globalists buy. They buy useful tools as a mechanism to make the rest of us their uh, their subjects, their slaves. The less than. <laughs> If you're not married to your possessions, that's probably the best way to fight these people. But anyway, okay. So this book was written by... Uh, um, it was called, in his book, Left-Wing Communism, Lenin Counseled... This is Lenin. Communists are to be 
Communists are to be ready to cheat, lie, perjure, and do everything possible to gain their ends. Thus, when evidence of their skullduggery surfaced, it was a little matter to denounce it as a forgery a smear, and smear the message, messenger. So you can never pin these people down because they will, they will do anything to get out of any responsibility. They don't, they don't see truth for anything. The truth does not, does not matter to them. Only the ends. Communists are ends driven. In much the, many of the same ways of the uh, other authoritarians, if you want to call the Nazis or authoritarian, correct, you would be right. Okay? But the Nazis and the communists are on the same axis and very close together, not as far apart as people like to pretend they are. This left-right bullshit is just, that's what it is. It's just total bullshit. Um, freedom, freedom, uh, lie, there, it's actually, there's three axes, but that's, that's another discussion. So the Communist Party infiltrated the Negro, uh, Negro civil rights, uh, movement and got Ralph Abernathy and Martin Luther King to work with their Moscow-trained Negro mercenaries. I'm just gonna, I'm reading what they say, so don't hold me on the words. W.E.B. Du Bois and Ralph, uh, Bunch were among their black frontmen. But they hardly had any black followers. American Negroes were too patriotic. Correct. There was many, such as uh, uh, what do you say, Jack uh, in the old days, uh, uh, Joe Lewis. Joe Lewis fought, fought, in, and was actually in World War Two. Uh, he was asked about the. He was asked about the what he felt about uh, the situation with uh, blacks in the military. And he was still supportive of the United States. He says the fact that he could uh, uh, fight for his country and do the things, when they say fight for his country, box and, and whatnot, he didn't turn his back on this country, and neither did like many others, albeit like others like Jackie Robinson who fought in the war. And um, let's see who else. Um, um, what's it say? So Jesse Owens. Those are the most famous, and they're usually athletes. Um, there was others at the time. Uh, needless to say, there were many that, you know, as, as um, difficult as that time frame was for many uh, blacks, there, you know, uh, they, they were uh, opportunities that, that were allowed in, in this country that honestly didn't exist elsewhere. And they don't, they, that's always overlooked. Human, human beings being what they are, there's always been this... Uh, struggle um, to for acceptance and it takes a while in some cases it takes much longer than what we would would prefer or care for or care to admit and there's also people that like the globalists that are that want to keep this they want to keep people divided they want to keep us they want to keep us at each other's throats they want us to be divided on sex and race and and all kinds of ideological mechanisms they used to they, they, they stop using, they, they, they want us, like, for example, they use family structure, like abortion. They love abortion. Well, for one thing, because it keeps the population down. They don't believe lots of people deserve to have big families. They would prefer people barely breed at all. But, of course, amongst the globalist class, if they decide to have many illicit affairs and have bastard childs and ch children out of wedlock, it's all, it's all well and good. They don't care particularly. 
because they, if they did, they have a bastard child out of wedlock, and if the child shows some impetus or some spark of ingenuity, they'll probably bring them back into the fold. And knowing how people respond and react to um, incentives, that person will generally come back and, and, and acknowledge their birthright, so to speak, uh, to being a part of this club. But for the most part, if they have these affairs and if the, their, the kid turns out to be a dullard, they'll make sure that that person doesn't, doesn't see the light of day because they don't, want to be, they don't want to be too insulted by their existence. This is the way these people think. Um, I know a lot of people say, well, how can you possibly know how they think? Well, just read their writings and read what they think about the world and how they want to control it and and the mechanisms they use and the things, the the organizations they set up. You know, it's not, you can tell many people, but you you know what, like as the Bible, for better or worse, says, judge people by their fruits. Well, if a person produces an organization that has a stated mission but does something totally different that should tell you what the kind of person who heads the organization they're not they're not setting up their they didn't set up the they didn't set up the organization to to function based upon some high ideals that they they've uh, espoused rather they set up the organization to uh, control other people using money and incentives and and ginning up uh, using propaganda and ginning up emotion amongst the the lower classes because the lower classes aren't going to be too aware of this stuff so so here's a to the next part sorry to get off on a soapbox so back to the article the reds realize the only way to weaken our country is by dividing it through anarchy and chaos Malkin writes they had more luck with women the communist attitude to women is instructive since the second wave feminism is communist in its origin Feminism is recycled class war adjusted for gender, gender, just like using race as, as being recycled. It is just class war. Uh, so the cultural Marxism is what it, uh, probably what the best way to describe it is. Young female members were used on the waterfront to recruit sage, uh, sailors and longshoremen and bring, bring them to party functions. Girls would always be found in the communist summer camps doing the party's bidding plus offering a little enjoyment on the side. You can figure that out. The party believes that the only laws and morals are communist morals. Communists do not believe in family institutions or morals so everything is free. Exactly. Free love, like the 1960s. The idea was to subvert and, and turn the family and of course that's that's why everything turned into such a shithole um you know the the whole hippie generation man you should just be free love man you should just let people just hang and do their thing you know that 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 that's just me mocking them but uh and lots of people bought into that because you know they'd say well you should be liberated you know we use language like that liberated you should be totally liberated it's it basically to divorce you from your your responsibilities. Communists don't want you to. They want you to be very... Because once you get divorced from your responsibilities regarding family or motivations and whatever, they're controlled. They're controllable because guess what? Then they... When you're that divorced from those things, guess what happens? Society collapses. Monetary depression. 
what happens when those things happen? You don't have a foundation. You don't have a job. You don't have any safety savings. You live in the moment. You're not storing up savings. You don't have property. You don't have a good foundation. You don't have a good, uh, what would you call it, a working um, network of people around you who support you because you've been freewheeling it all the time. You haven't developed relationships that people think they can trust you because you've been too busy running around, and in the case of women, whoring yourself out to the, the highest bidder or whoever gives you the next uh, next little bobble to put on your on your ears in the same way with men, you know, men that are young and attractive and whatever. They go out and sow their seeds all over the place, but yet they're not doing anything important for their lives or for the long term. Short-termism, that's the best way to call it. And, men, and, and Americans do have a short, short-term window of thinking, and the shorter the better because that way they can exploit you the best. If you don't have a long-term plan or goals and, and objectives, and I'm not talking about getting a degree or any of that shit, I'm talking about like developing a business, developing a good family, developing a cohesive network of people that you leverage for um, not just from an economic standpoint, but you leverage them for support and, and guidance and intellectual stimulation. They say you are, you are a, a, a product of the five closest people in your life. And by that I mean if you know five people that are really smart and successful and, and ingenious, chances are some of that's going to rub off on you and make you a more uh, stable person. If you know five people around you that are slackers who, who uh, constantly do drugs and, and are, are getting in trouble or having, you know, rando, rando sex every night, and that's all they do, and those five people are in your life for several years or five years, where do you think you're going to be? If you're only spending time around people of that, uh, that regard, chances are that's going to rub off on you and make you the person that you are. Um, so there's there's that. That's just an ideal example. That's a, that's a counterpointing example that shows you how the how the communist works. The idea is to subvert your life so that you will be a slave to them again. And who better to do that? Isn't just the the intellectual con, the 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 educational system or the med, um, that's why they infiltrate education and media because those are the things that most people come at most at in, uh, in, in um, contact with and those ideas uh, their ideas can be planted in to get you to think oh well if, if everybody would just allow me to do what I want or you should feel feel uh, you should feel bad about this or you should hate your neighbor because your neighbor is black or you should hate them because they're white or you should hate them because they're Latina and the government's giving them more money. This is a way to divide people too because that's what they're doing right now. That's the reason why our government is so evil. You know, They are purposely seeding, the, seeding, these, uh, seeding these seeds of destruction. They don't even care about existence. But of course the people that are controlling our government want our government to be destroyed. And they've also made deals with their little minions, their tech minions, too. They're like, oh, yeah, sure, sure, you can, you, we're going to make sure you're paid off. I mean, we have uh, elites that are already moving offshore to, you know, make their uh, millions there. Or not millions, but their billions. They're moving offshore so they don't have to deal with 
us rabble when this thing collapses, which is what's going to happen pretty soon. I don't, I don't have a date and time, but based upon the, just based upon market forces, because no matter how much the globalists can control things, they can only control things for so long. Eventually, eventually people do the greater portion of the people do control what goes on. But if you've been subverted in a certain direction and been ginned up to hate people and been ginned up to think that there's no hope or been uh, scared to death by a flu, and it is a flu, it isn't, it's going to be made worse by these vaccines and the results are what they are. Anyway, let me um, move back here. Um, yeah, so here's a, here, I'll, I'll stop here with this paragraph because it goes on from here. The communists had a department dedicated to the destruction of morale of American people by undermining their faith and morals and social patterns. You can bet that something like this is behind same-sex marriage and tra transgender rights. Exactly. So that is, uh, that is very much what's going on. So the next article, let me, let me go back to, is more about the people involved. I'm gonna see if I can get to the the people first. But this is from this is from 25 this is from 25 years ago um, by William Jasper. And this was from September 18, 1995, so 26 years ago. So this is talking about new lies. There's different books like. I'm just going to go through the titles. Like, there's a book called The Perestroika Deception, which was observed as a jubilation of American and Western European conservatives who have been cheering perestroika without realizing that it's intended to bring about their own political and physical demise. So the neocons and the neolibs. And then um, Goldstein, which is called New Lies for Old, which is just a... This means that literally the title tells you, gives you, gives away what the book is about. So everything is about repackaging for the communists. Once people catch on to certain concepts and realize it's bullshit, the communists just morphs into a different, a different color animal. They're like a chameleon, and they recycle old things too. So, for example, uh, instead of uh, if, if the current lie is not successful in getting what they want they'll go back further and uh, go backwards in history and pick out some uh, lies that were told before and present them as the new stuff because everything's about repackaging um, evil to sell to people evil is you know it's like you know they, they have to do this in order to keep people under keep keep people uh, um mesmerized into believing that believing that they actually care about what they do what they are the elite don't care about you at all so let me see if I can get to a paragraph of it so there's a lot of uh, uh, I might just read this little list here and then we'll move on the invisible government indeed CFR members the Council of Foreign Relations which was developed in 1922 have so dominated every administration, whether Democrat or Republican, from FDR up to the present, that the CFR has often justly been called our invisible government, a.k.a. the deep state. 
The CFR has played a central role in some of the most disastrous decisions and policies that have aided totalitarian communism and threatened the free world security. A short list of these are most significant of these policies would include uh, President Roosevelt's diplomatic recognition of the Soviet Union in 1933, launching of the U.S. Export-Import Bank in 1934 to help facilitate trade with the USSR, U.S. lend least aid, aid to the USSR from, from the Nazis and making her a world power, correct? Losing China to the Communists by our support of Mao and our undermining Shanghai Shek. President Eisenhower's bridge-building aid to the Soviets in the 1950s. President Johnson's peaceful coexistence in the 1960s. President Nixon's uh, detent, I can't pronounce it, detent, basically peace with, uh, with um, Dente. And Jimmy Carter's human rights in the 1970s. Basically, this is the, the Kissinger, uh, Mika, um, what's his face, Brzezinski's uh, acknowledgement of uh, China and, and how they were uh, allowing them. You know, uh, Jimmy Carter acknowledged uh, mainland China over Taiwan as the real China. Once again, that's, that was a critical error on our part. The Reagan-Bush concepts of linkage and engagement in the 1980s. Bush should be highlighted there in particular because Bush, Bush was an ambassador to China and also worked at the UN and, and was a CIA director amongst all kinds of other th intrigues. So decade after decade, as communist regimes were racking up body count of over 100 million and enslaving billions more, the CFR policymakers devised one excuse after another to justify the suicidal and unconscionable transfers of credit, technology, and other assistance which allowed these bankrupt regimes to continue their tyrannical oppression. And Foreign Affairs has been the leading organ that has sold these treacheries to Congress and the American public. Exactly. Foreign Affairs is a magazine, so... Uh, so, a recent case in point was an article by Paul Wolfowitz of the CFR, former ambassador and defense undersecretary, and now dean of the Paul H. Nisi uh, School of Advanced International Studies at Johns Hopkins University. In January 1994, Foreign Affairs entitled Clinton's First Year. So, President Clinton was one of the worst. I mean, he set this chain of bullshit off with uh, China when he decoupled uh, human rights from trade rights, but here's a quote from Wolfowitz. President Clinton was right, of course, back to back President Yeltsin strongly in the last ball's crisis, wrote Wolfowitz. There was no alternative to Yeltsin at the time that offered any hope for successive democracy in Russia. The United States has a huge stake in the success and the continuation of Russia's generally moderate foreign policy. Moreover, said Wolfowitz, the end of the Cold War has made co cooperative action through the United Nations nearly feasible in many cases by eliminating the threat of a Soviet veto. The United Nations is an evil organization and we should probably do whatever we can to destroy it. That's just my two cents. And by destroy it, I mean literally bring it to its knees and get it out of the way. This global, this, These globalists are nothing but a... Um, parasite on our society they want global communism and, and right now they're at the precipice of achieving that goal 
There are many that still serve. They serve masters in the global uh, conspiracy. When I say they serve masters, they they're they're part of these hundred billion dollar corporations around the world who espouse diversity and inclusion and all this other garbage. And it's it is garbage because they don't care about the people. What they want, they they create layers of management. They hire up these people and give them the the ostensible belief that they're actually good people or are they doing it, serving a good mission. But in reality, they couldn't care less. The the people that pull the strings of the the corporate CEOs and the, the policymakers in Washington D.C., the think tanks, the agency heads. Uh, the people that are in the cabinet of the uh, of a current administration and all the other administrations going back forever, they're being pulled by forces from Wall Street, who are also being manipulated. When you when you find out that Larry Fink has a, BlackRock has nine nine and a half trillion dollars under management, um, Larry Fink isn't me looking at him. He's he's just another putz. But he's being pulled by other forces, including like uh, people like Gates and pulled by Gates is being pulled by the Rothschilds and the and the the royal family, and then of course the Chinese are involved in this to a lesser degree. Um, and when I say to a lesser degree, it's only the problem is is our corporations are so aligned with it that right now there's there's multiple factions of the globalist comp- conspiracy that are fighting against each other. And when I say fighting against each other, uh, matter of fact, Soros <laughs> just wrote a piece, and the Chinese called him a he called him called him out because basically the Chinese want to rule rule the world. They 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 embedded they embedded themselves into our U.S. administration, and they know all that they know all the dirty deeds of our our current administration, and I'm sure they're threatening them. They're threatening them and blackmailing them. It's very obvious. And I say it's very obvious because look at the policies that they're promoting, and the ways that they're trying. Of course, they want to collapse. They, of course, they want to collapse the United States of America. The Chinese do, and so does our government. But they want to use. The China has has already come out, and, and they they want to be seen as the shining example that everybody should believe. So Chinese propaganda machine is going is is working overtime. And they have millions and millions of people that are in destitute that they throw them a few bones and scraps and they can make them do whatever they want them to do. So they turn them into, you know, they're the ones that generate the propaganda and make them seem like they're better than they are. It's, it's, a, it's quite amazing how many lies are being told to everybody around the world. And I'm not saying that I have have the, the 100% truth meter, but you can tell when people are lying to you because they're not willing to tell you uh, tell you like it is. They're not willing to actually address conversations in a direct manner. They're too busy trying to sell you something, tell you a a fib, or they're they're hiding the truth, or they refuse to. They 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 always are. Um, they're more interested in selling you, uh, you know, like say for example the va- vaccine. They know this is hustled. There's nothing in the, there has never been a vaccine that's reached this level of, of approval in the FDA within a year of it being released. It just doesn't happen. Um, just it never has. But of course now because of Pfizer and all these other companies have such a powerful 
um, board positioning uh, that the FDA is compromised, the CDC is compromised. All these organizations are run by communists, and they're willing to put on the facade of legitimacy, so much so that they're willing to roll out a, a very dangerous mechanism uh, with the mRNA technology that's, that has never been approved, and they're going ahead with it because that's what this is all about. This is about getting it into your body and distorting and... and Ostensibly, you know, there's people that think it's a slow kill. It may very well do that. I think it's just the fact that they, they know that it doesn't generate the antibody response, that, that it wears off rather quickly. So it, it was developed poorly. It doesn't work in human beings. The animal testings prove that, that everybody, every animal testing that they've done on mRNA, the animals all die. So. I mean, and that was that was that was put out there by Robert Kennedy Jr., who's probably not as as uh, you know without. I don't know. He 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 probably isn't as uh, clean and uh, and he's a, you know when I say clean, I mean there are people that question his uh, veracity on on the anti-vaccination situation, and people say, well, how can you be so against vaccination? The reason why you should be against vaccinations for all the chemicals they put inside vaccinations and then they jam it inside these people. And we've noticed a significant rise in autism and other uh, neurological and autoimmune diseases tied to vaccination over the course of the last 35 to 40 years. The CDC has has been errant and negligent in all kinds of things. But these people are never held to any account. There's, they have liability uh, uh, restrictions. They, they're never, nobody, none of these people can be held to account. So when people aren't held to account for their flaws and errors, generally speaking, they double down on the amount of flaws and errors that they want. They become criminals. They don't care. They don't care about your health. They don't care about your life. There's plenty of natural ways to, to fight viruses and to build your immunity build your your overall health and stuff but they don't want that happening either because they don't think there's enough resources these people are resource hordes they're they're little hoarders the globalist uh, they don't get they they look at you as so far beneath them that they don't think you deserve the life that you, they have and I, granted i don't want their life i don't want a billionaire estate i don't want to i just want enough land and resources so i can survive and I, I, I personally don't care too much about how much the size of my place or locality. As long as I'm comfortable and I enjoy what I do, I could care less. But many people aren't. Especially people that are jealous and, and want things. And that's, they, that's what the communists play on. They play on the ability to, to, uh, to gin up your jealousy. They know young people are eager to, to, to prove that they're better that they're better than others and they know that's why they always go after young people and children and use them as pawns in their game because they're evil they use them they use the kids and they use the young people because young people are dupable and so uh, suckerable and they don't have a, a breath or a scope of history they don't know all the the inner workings they don't understand these they don't understand that their leaderships are are filled with filled with just poison 
They don't. There's people that still believe like Nancy Pelosi is a good person. She's a downright despicable human being, but they don't care. I'm just using her for one example. It, the same thing can be said in Australia, in England, in Germany, and all these other places around the world. They're they're the that the top end of the the top end of the, these political classes, or these people that are are part of these master organizations like the World Economic Forum or the UN and stuff. They didn't get there because of uh, get there because they actually want to do good. They got there because they actually want to do much very very much evil and somebody recognized that in them and they recognized their ruthlessness and they even recognized them that their successful ability to use power and when I say use power they were, they recognized that they were able to exploit a situation to rise up the ranks use money power initiative guile anything ruthlessness is especially key to the communist the ability to lie and be ruthless is a high-valued um, skill set for these people. They don't they being being actually worthy of, of, of uh, respect based upon doing the right things and and working with people and cooperating is not these people's modus, modus operandi. Their mode of operation is who can I. Who can I pull out a lead pipe and hit in the knee and get away with it and nobody will be the wiser? How can I make the victim be the problem? The same tactics they use on people where they smear smear people is the exact same tactics that they got away with over and over again. If they can make you the problem when you've done nothing to harm them, then they, they know that they're, they're, they're uh, what would you say, they're a high... Uh, they are highly narcissistic and sociopathic. So, anyway, that's I'm gonna probably end at that point. I think we're uh, I've talked enough, <laughs> and so um, I hope people will appreciate um, this broadcast, despite all the probably um, uh, rambling that I went on. But this is my theory. I didn't want to dwell too much on 9-11 because, um, and when I mean that, I, when I say I don't want to dwell on it, it's just very difficult to, um, it would be difficult for me to talk about it as, as some kind of expert when I don't, I, I realize that it was a turning point in history, I guess I'm in the broadcast on that regard. In turning point in in um, the way our country, the United States of America, um, the people, not the at the people at the top, not the not the government, the people involved in that, the people were uh, going to be subject to an experiment, which 9/11 was an experiment, and they achieved their goal that they could control the internet, they used the internet. After behind the selling people on the internet and the freedom of the internet, the people were the product. We were all the product of the internet. The idea was to get us addicted to it and then control us with it. Control us with the internet, control us with the Patriot Act, uh, control us with mechanisms that disturb the fear. Social media, primary example. Who exactly was involved in the social media platform? Was it really ingenuity, or was it just uh, 
people at the CIA. There's been some uh, hypothesis that the DARPA and the CIA supported uh, Facebook, and then they could use that as a way to control and manipulate people. Social media controls people. We're still, you know, it's addictive. We know that people get uh, loud and vocal, and they want that. They wanted that society that was ginned up from the bottom. So I'm gonna leave it there. God bless the United States of America and God save the world.